Hey everybody, welcome back to Fitness Scanner Podcast. I'm joined today with Tyler McCarthy. He is a personal trainer in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, runs his own training company called Titanium Performance. And we were linked up through the uh, Strength Performance Network. So I'm happy to have him on the show today. I, he's got a lot of my same values in terms of exercise, strength training, how to take care of a client. So I think a lot of people are going to take some good, good, good things away from this phone call. So Tyler, thanks for joining us today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Eric. I really appreciate it as well. Absolutely. So give us a little bit of background about how you got into the fitness industry and you can go from there. Okay. Um, yeah, I've always kind of been interested in sports and fitness and, uh, you know, since high school on playing football and all of that stuff. Uh, well, when I went to school, I started in athletic training and I kind of got away from that because I, I didn't want to work on the back end of working with people that have already been injured, I decided that I would rather work on the front end and let's prevent injury the best that we can and prepare people by strengthening the raw materials, being their musculature, and get them ready for the sport that they're ready to play. Um, so I had a big focus on sports initially, and that kind of changed, which we'll kind of get into, I'm sure, a little bit later on here. Um, so I went to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, and I graduated with a degree in uh, movement science is basically a human performance degree and a minor in business management. From there, I got a job at a Bally Total Fitness, and I, I, I didn't really like how college was so driven by the NSCA approach. It was really kind of one-sided. I feel now that I've I've explored multiple different ways of strength training. Getting into uh, Bally's when I had my first clients, I remember walking into the room and my uh, personal training manager saying, now put them through a full hour workout. And that's when it kind of hit me that college didn't really teach me how to train anybody. So programming wasn't, I don't know, I just felt not prepared for that. So uh, as I started my workout and everything, I, I put them through what they thought was a great workout. And then I kind of, six months in, sat down and I was like, okay, I'm doing the same things. I'm looking at other trainers and I'm just kind of copying what they do. And then I started reading the NSCA journals and not knowing how to kind of sift through bias and look for different uh, qualities that I could use in my workouts. So I was, I, I was very blind in how to do research. And I'll kind of get back to that in a minute here as well, but... I was putting people through workouts and things, and I, I just wasn't progressing. I didn't feel professionally. I wasn't getting any better at what I was doing. I didn't want to stay in that environment. I didn't have the resources to kind of push me to learn more and progress professionally. So I researched a few companies, and I found a company called Discover Strength that uh, Luke Carlson runs over in Plymouth, Minnesota here, not too far away from me. Uh, I applied there and I happened to get a job. And one of the funny things is, Eric, we were kind of talking about before, mm -hmm. I walked in and I heard all this counting and I was like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> right. Like, why is there so much counting down from 10 seconds or 20 seconds? I just did not understand what was going on. So anyways, I did the interview. It was a beautiful studio. Uh, now I understand the history of Hammer Strength, MedX, and Nautilus, Arthur Jones, all of the, the great history um, behind the style of training that right. we prefer, the high-intensity strength training. Like pioneers. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, it's amazing. Um, the, re or the history of it is, is just it's what makes it so special. 
Well, so anyways, I, I got a job at Discover Strength, and they have just a, a wonderful program to kind of get their trainers up to speed, and it, it takes it in specific steps to kind of get you ready to program for clients, and that's exactly what I was looking for, because my first job, like I said, I was just thrown into a room and said, train these people, but uh, Luke and the team over at Discover Strength do an amazing job getting trainers ready to take on clients, and they want consistency, because clients don't work specifically with one trainer. They need consistency across the board so that clients can work with each trainer in the facility. And then when I uh, got to the point where I was training there, we, we'd have weekly meetings and we'd go over research. And I just loved that because Luke ver and the team there, they, they all value education. It's one of their core values and it's one of the things that they really, really uh, strive and thrive on. So uh, it, it taught me a few things um, over the few years that I was there. It taught me how to sift through bias. So all those NSCA journals that I was reading in the past, it taught yeah. me how to find little things, pick them out, use them in my workouts. Um, and that's what you got to do. You can't take the whole study, uh, even if, if it's a high-intensity uh, article or a research study. You got to find little things that you can apply to who you are and the programming that you do. And uh, Luke did a very good job of teaching us how to do that. And I, I kind of carried that on into what I do now. And I still stay in contact with Discover Strength and their amazing people over there. I just wanted to kind of separate and spread the word about high-intensity strength training because, like I was saying about the NSCA kind of and the ACSM as well, kind of running college programming and yeah. uh, study, it's... I think we had a one-week class uh, that went over high-intensity strength training, so it was a very minimal portion of the entire four years that I was at school for that. So I, I remember being like, oh, this hurts. I don't really like this style of training. <laughs> it, it's hard, you know? So Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, oh, yeah. But the now understanding it, the, the safety of it and the efficiency and the effectiveness, it's all right there, and it's top-notch. Compared to, I mean, you get the same exact results, and I will say, if not better, uh, there's another thing that uh, Luke did a very good job drilling into my head that uh, we don't want to ever say better because the burden of proof is then on us, and that goes back to research. So anything for any of you trainers out there, when you're saying things, be very careful that you have research to kind of back you up, and that's that's one of my values is that I make sure that I don't uh, use my opinion in things. I, I like to make sure that I have a research study to kind of send over to a client or another trainer if they have a question on any of that stuff. And that kind of brings us to today. Um, I, I've been in, I've run my business for three years now, going on three in April, and I have my first employee. He's doing an awesome job, Joe Hoffmeister. He's amazing, and I kind of took how Discover Strength trained me and, and took the time to really get him up to speed. And he's been training clients that have worked with me for three years, and they're all nice. saying just wonderful things about him and that there's the consistency is right there. So uh, I thank Luke and the team at Discover Strength for me being where I am right now, definitely. Well, we're not anything if we're we don't have a team behind us, right? Exactly. I mean, that, that's the whole point. We, you and I talked about, there's no point in learning everything if we're not going to share it. So right. um, that's awesome. I want to go back to something you said earlier. 
<clears throat> about being thrown into your first workouts. I, I was in a similar situation when I first started training in college. I remember the trainer that was uh, kind of overseeing the situation. It, it really wasn't even a, a great workout that I gave. I remember right. I had somebody in a leg extension, and he walks up and he's like, "What do you think's functional about that?" Because he didn't wasn't big into machines. Oh, I, I looked at him. I, I was like, "Ah, it's functionally working the quadriceps." <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I I didn't really get where he was going, but he just he he figured everything that was quote unquote functional had to be done. Um, off of machines and you know not on a padded seat and it, it just right. when you sort of talking about that it kind of uh, rang a bell right it uh it definitely I, like I was saying I love the word uh, functional uh, and by love I mean I absolutely hate because right me too you're you're right I mean what is what is functional are we are, I don't understand like we were talking about the other day, if you're doing lunges with a bicep curl and a press at the bottom, what is functional about that? Do you do you lunge down the street with your can of soup in your hand, bicep curling it and pressing it? No, I mean, <laughs> what we want to do is get these people ready, whether they're weekend warriors, elite athletes, or just the average person, we want to get them ready for life. Like, I... I want to make sure my 80-year-old woman can go to the back of her car and pull groceries out without straining her back or, you know, and, and that that's functional to me because we're, we're strength training the raw materials. We're getting them ready for whatever their life throws at them. And I think that's what functional, if we had to define it, would mean to me. Yeah, I completely agree. Another thing you said um, in school was that you, you had to explain a little bit. You said you learned about high intensity training. We it was actually in the NSCA book. It, it's the uh, CSCS Part One book is oh, okay. what we used. So it was in there. I, I believe maybe two paragraphs. They talked about Arthur Jones. <laughs> I think his name appeared one time, and that was about it. And I think I said a week, but I think I'm giving them too much credit. I'm pretty sure we spent a day. And then when we went in on that Friday to do all the exercises we learned, we did, I remember it was a lap pull down and we did uh, kind of an eight, eight kind of count and yep. man, it, it burned so bad. And I, I looked at all my football buddies and I said, this is dumb. Why are we doing it this way? Let's go power clean and squat and stuff. <laughs> that's way more fun than this. So yeah, that's the first time I kind of touched on it and then kind of, when I got to Bally's, I forgot to touch on this. I remember reading in all places, actually. It was in a men's health magazine. Like I said, um, I did not know where to get sure. my research or my articles or anything from at that moment. Right. But I read in there, they talked about concentration reps. And it was it, they like coined the term and coined this style of training, basically, that they just pulled it out of the blue and it's this new amazing thing when, obviously, we know it's been around for you know 50 years now. So... I would do my normal workout, traditional, you know, three sets or whatever and blah, blah, blah. I would then, in the end of the uh, workout, I would throw in three or four different exercises and do eight, eight counts and go to fatigue. And I remember uh, one of the things in that article talked about recovery. And I, did, I was overtraining like crazy. I didn't even yep. realize that I was overtraining. And when I started actually taking days off, I started to grow. And so it wasn't the style of training that made me get bigger. It was more so the back end of now I'm doing these 8-8 uh, eight, eight counts or concentration reps as they call them. And I'm making myself recover. And we know that uh, with 
you know, Arthur Jones flying the bodybuilders down and, you know, having them rest for three days. They, they have to sleep in a hotel for the next three days. And just at that point, then we're going to do our measurements and all of that stuff. And they, they were growing at that point just because they stopped training for a little while and they actually let their muscles fully recover. Right. And we see that so much. I mean, I work out of a gym and it's an amazing gym. I love where I'm at. Uh, but a lot of these guys overtrain and they don't realize that how important recovery really is. There's an, there's a such thing as an active rest day where they had their back and shoulder day or whatever on Friday and then they're doing a million push-ups and all these other crazy shoulder exercises on their active recovery day a day later. Well, right. they're just tearing that same tissue back down and over the long-term atrophying, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, to go back to it, it's, and we talked a little bit about this too. All it is is you're sending signals, right? Right. I mean, your muscles are you're, you were sending the signal to your muscle to the overload signal, and if right. you're not letting it receive that signal on an actual rest day, then it, it doesn't know what it needs to do. It doesn't need it needs to repair. It doesn't know it needs to grow. So, um, I think there's a mentality of, and you and I both deal with it. There's more. You want to do more, 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 more. You hear yep. clients say that. You know, tomorrow, what, what should I do tomorrow after this? Nothing. Like, oh, you need to, you know, go relax. ahead and, like, enjoy your day. Yeah. You know? I mean, just live your life. Like, don't don't feel like you have to do, do, do. And then the people who don't take that to heart, they come in, and they have nagging elbow injuries. They have nagging uh, shoulder injuries, knee issues. So, a lot to be said for taking an actual rest day. I definitely agree with you. So... Going into that, how do you prevent people uh, from from being injured when they're you know in these high intensity situations? Well, so the style itself, I mean, decreasing momentum is just huge in itself, right there. Because if uh, I know in uh, Gary Bannister's book, uh, if you like exercise, chances are you're doing it wrong. That's such they an awesome have, book. Yeah, it's an amazing book. Awesome. They have a they have a graph in there uh, showing a guy doing. And an excellent uh, job explaining it too. But they they have a guy doing uh, standing overhead press, and they they talk about him moving it uh, forcefully, using momentum. And at that point, your muscles aren't really doing anything. And they talk about having a hundred pound bar. And right. then as he's throwing that weight in the air, the weight can uh, increase up to three times the amount. So your joints then have to catch three hundred pounds, up to three hundred pounds, and they they weren't made for that. You. If you move the weight in a slow manner, your your for, external force production, and that's what he's kind of talking about at that point. So there's that that baseline running across, and as this guy's throwing the weight up, you got spikes up and down like crazy on that external force production graph. And then he shows a guy that's moving it at a two four count or something similar to that, where there's just decreasing to trying to eliminate momentum and. They're, you're trying to keep that force production across that zero line, that baseline, as much as possible because your joints are made and they can handle that because you're able to move the resistance through that using your musculature, not momentum. In the right. first example, he's using momentum, not his musculature, to do anything. So yeah. uh, with my clients, I really stress uh, eliminating momentum. We, we're very, very strict. We don't really necessarily care if you're on a 2-4 count or a 10-10 or whatever it may be. As long as there's no momentum, the safety is there. Now, do I use like 2-4, 10-10, 30 all of these different things? Yeah, but that's just as a mental thing to kind of keep these uh, people a little interested and 
switch it up a little bit for them because mm -hmm. we all know that it, you get the same effect and it's all about intensity or the amount of effort at the end of the set that they put in and that's it doesn't matter what the count necessarily is it's all about what the amount of effort they output at the end of the set so uh, that's that's kind of how we really focus on making sure our clients are safe it's just trying to keep I always have that picture in my head of uh, that graph as I'm training people to make sure we keep that external force production as minimal, as close to zero as possible. Yeah, and that's just smart training, right? You reduce, right. you reduce the amount of work that your actual skeletal system has to, has to go through and put more of the load on the muscular system. And right. it keeps the skeletal system safe also. How does all right. of that come together and actually increase strength based on, on what you just told us? Well, I mean... You can kind of talk about the uh, Henneman size principle at that point then because uh, we'll start with, and I go through all of this with uh, new intro clients especially because I like to put them through a workout so they can actually feel and then I explain this uh, principle. So if you're, when you start your first rep, you kind of pick a weight that hopefully you get in between 8 and 12 reps uh, if we're moving at about a 2-4 count. So we start with our easily to excite slow twitch fibers so we're gonna fatigue them it's gonna take a few reps because they and pe when people they have to understand that slow twitch doesn't mean that you're moving slow and fast twitch doesn't mean that you're moving fast it's it's all about how fast do they fatigue so slow twitch takes a little longer to fatigue they're easily to excite and once they start to fatigue then we move on to the first type of fast twitch fiber um, and that's it's a little harder to excite a little more powerful but you always, always have to go through this order. So when you hit the first type of fast twitch, they fatigue in you know maybe two reps. And when you hit that point of actual momentary muscular fatigue, that, that point where you can't move the weight concentrically anymore, mm -hmm. that's when we're recruiting that most powerful beneficial tissue, increasing our strength, our hypertrophy, our endurance, all of those things all under one set. Right. Uh, it, it that's the most important part like we were saying about intensity in terms of effort at that point you want to give an all-out effort and i tell my clients at that point now move as fast as you can the way right. won't move but they're intentionally trying to move fast and it won't go anywhere and that that's just my definition of that all-out effort um at that point and then we kind of go back to the the traditional trainer that's doing three sets of ten and in this example, nobody's getting close to failure. So they're, they do their first set of 10. Maybe they recruit through their slow twitch, a little bit of their first type of fast twitch, and then they set the weight down. They send 15 text messages or whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, I see that on a daily basis. Right. Um, and then not let me jump in on the machine. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Take your yeah. time. Oh, yeah, I know. It, it kills me. But... Uh, Anyways, they, they do whatever they do in between sets, and slow twitch recovers almost immediately. Right. So yeah. they, they set it down, and they go back, and they just re-recruit back through. So they are missing out on at least a third of the potential of fiber that they can actually do, and that's the, it just happens to be the most important, most beneficial fiber type for getting stronger, gaining muscle size, hypertrophy, or your endurance as well. And I know there's going to be a few people... Uh, listening to that kind of question when I say endurance, well, 8 to 12 reps, what? You you can't get endurance from that. But 
you actually can. And there's research right. out there to show that if you hit failure and you give an all-out effort at that failure, you can do one rep or you can do 100 reps, and it's the same exact output as far as endurance. So it's amazing to do one set and just give a little bit more effort, just grind through exactly. that discomfort, welcome that discomfort, because you're going to get that same, if not better, uh, benefit out of it. So. Yeah, because after that you're gonna you're gonna rest for a couple days anyway. I mean, right. just give it all, give it, give it all. You don't have to come back the next day, right? Um, because that that whole mentality of you have to do, you know, three to five sets of something. You're not building an inroad to anything. And I think you and I discussed right. that too. The, right. the building of the, the inroad and starting out slow in the first couple of two to three reps. Those couple of reps on almost any exercise are the most dangerous because. Your muscle doesn't re- doesn't know it's going to push 100 pounds or if it's going to push one pound. All it knows is 100% all-out effort. Right. So so that's the the difference between, you know, doing the uh, nice and controlled and slow at the very beginning and then trying to give all effort at the end. You're making sure you're recruiting as much muscle fiber as you possibly can. So, um, right. I mean, that's really important that you, you hit on that, um, how, the, how that affects, like, the... Uh, the strength increases. We don't think a lot of people realize that. They're like, well, I do three to four sets, then of course I'm going to get stronger. It's not necessarily true because you think you're going to have to do more. More, more, more is not the answer. No, it's not. And uh, one one of the things we talk to with our clients is, uh, and we talk about it in our strength workouts and also the interval uh, cardio workouts that we do is following a time intensity or a volume intensity continuum. The more volume you do, the lower the intensity or the amount of effort you put in has to be in order mm-hmm. to be able to finish that volume. And the higher the intensity is, the lower the volume is. And that's why we can get a good workout in 20 minutes to 30 minutes. Uh, and you feel way more exhausted because you were giving that all-out max effort. So Right. Yeah, in a shorter amount of time. So uh, what what else do you have going on? What else are you working on? Um, any other kind of projects that you want to share with everybody? Well, we we were working on, like we talked about, the uh, a certification for uh, yeah. practitioners out there. But I, I kind of wanted to change that and make it more of value. And now being a business owner, I've, I've really realized how much time it takes to train employees in. So... I'm developing a program, a software, where we can personalize it to specific studios where it uh, expedites that process for you. So you, you can have them take these e-learnings and things like that to learn the history and read certain books, answer questions on these books without you having to be specifically present and oh, awesome. teaching all of it. So it gives the employer much more time to focus on the business, focus on their clients and all of these things, while on the back end they're still getting quality training done uh, to their potential employee or their current employee. And by the time they get done with that, they're ready to then continue to shadow and get to the point where they can go face-to-face with the client comfortably, understand the research, how to talk about it, and how to provide and program specific workouts uh, because we're gonna we're working a lot with uh, injuries and kind of helping people I don't use the word rehab because it's not really within you know our scope of practice but uh, I I lightly use that word saying when people come out of uh, 
physical therapy, they have nowhere to go. They don't understand what to do. And I've really built my business around helping those kind of people. And uh, we're, we're trying to put some videos together so that other trainers can use these videos and understand what to do when someone comes in and says, oh, my rotator cuff uh, or my knee, my ACL. Uh, I see so many times in the gym where people just shy away from working these areas when that's not what we want to do. To an extent, yes, but for the most part, we want to actually build the musculature around there in a safe and educated way. And if you don't know how to do it, I definitely don't recommend trying to uh, help these people work through that. And that's where you refer, uh, beyond yourself. But I would like to help educate more trainers, uh, to be able to help people because there's a, there's a lot more people out there with these chronic in- injuries and issues than there are of us trainers, which is hard to believe how saturated our industry is. Um, yes. but yeah, so we're, that's one of the biggest projects that I'm focusing on right now is the, the training um, that we can specifically brand and get ready for a studio uh, that's willing or wanting something to help expedite their process. And we're hoping to have that. It's going to be uh, probably about a year or so just based on the timing that I'm able to put into it. And sure. um, the other thing is those those videos. And this that, that's going to obviously be a part of the training so that these new trainers are comfortable training existing clients of an organization because the the trainers already there obviously will have that knowledge and we want to make sure there's consistency between trainers um definitely and i i one of the other things that uh i wanted to talk about and bring up and uh going back to kind of discover strength and uh luke carlson and the team over there and we kind of talked about this the other day which i know you got super excited about as well is the uh, Resistance Exercise Conference, which is coming right. up in uh, April on the 7th and 8th. It's located this year in uh, at the three or JW Marriott in the Mall of America. So it's right outside of Minneapolis, right by the airport, actually. And, I mean, they got some awesome people here. My personal favorite, I've seen him for a few years now, is James Fisher. I, I love listening to him talk about the research uh, and that he does. And I know Discover Strength has uh, partnered with him on a lot of different studies and things, and they are going to continue to do so, which is just amazing to me. And uh, I, I just love talking with him. And it's not that you just sit down and you listen to these speakers go. We ha- They have a social and they have different events where you actually get to sit and talk with these guys and ask them questions about what relates to you and your practice and I mean, they got Ellington Dart in there, Jim Flanagan, uh, and legendary Kim Wood, like we were talking about, you know. Yeah, yeah, these <laughs> so guys are. It's I mean, be awesome. that's true pioneer and people who really set and laid the groundwork for what we do. Exactly. And those these guys are the are people that amazing. you want to be see or to see and to learn from, definitely. Yeah, especially especially this type of of. Uh, intensity of a workout the way these guys do it it's not what you'd think it'd be like right i mean no, they're not you know. yeah it's not like um you kind of mentioned the saturation of the a training market where you see trainers think they have to make a show out of what they're doing it's not exactly. like that at all it's it's really really uh intense yeah definitely it's it's a great experience uh well man i really appreciate you taking the time to share all of your projects and where you came from and what you did if you have anything else to add go for it 
Uh, I, th- I think we kind of touched on everything, and I just appreciate everyone listening and you, Eric, for uh, reaching out to me and getting me on the show. Uh, I've listened to a few of your podcasts now and read a few of your articles and uh, I'm going to continue to do so. I, I just love, like you said, talk, talking about uh, carrying the torch of high-intensity yeah. strength training. We aren't willing to let this go. We we have to reach out to everybody and pass the word. So Yeah, it needs, it needs to be something that continues and exactly again, if you have all this knowledge and you're not going to share it then what's the point so, exactly i agree uh, if people have uh questions comments concerns where can they reach out to you they can reach out to me my uh email is tyler at my titanium and i mean you can follow us on facebook instagram uh twitter we have all of those, and all you got to search is Titanium Performance. We post videos, pictures, uh, articles on a pretty regular basis. And our website is uh, mytitaniumperformance.com. All right, Tyler. Have a great day, and uh, we'll too, catch Eric. up with you soon, brother. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much. <laughs>